Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rejuvenation's Health Radio on blogtalkradio.com. The show is brought to you by LipoLite Naples and your hosts are Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron. We are your station for everything natural. We are your station for information about slimming, shaping, and toning. We not only want you to live longer, we want you to have more life in those years. So without further ado, let's get on with today's show. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. This is Dr. Ron Sr., And as you heard, we usually have Dr. Ron and Dr. Rama. That show is on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Tonight is uh, just a conversation with Dr. Ron Sr. The show is brought to you by LipoLite Naples, located at 1575 Pine Ridge Road in Suite Number 6 in Naples, Florida. It is in the same shopping plaza with the Noodles Italian Bistro and Sushi Bar. And their phone number is 239-331-5886, 239-331-5886. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, the idea for this show was to discuss one topic and do it in uh, detail with questions from the audience. Well, we're still growing, so uh, we don't have a lot of questions. Uh, I did have some great comments today prior to the show, which we'll talk about. Uh, but we're going to continue here on Tuesday nights at 7 and uh, try and generate even more interest for uh, the research that we do to bring you this show. So before we get on with the show, I just want to, you know, to read you a passage from uh, Joel Olstein's book because, uh, you know, part of our reason for doing these shows is gratitude and giving back uh, because we you remember what we say, a bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere until you change it. But you're, you know, this goes along with our motto of helping others. So in, in Joel's book, he states, I've heard it said, you will always have what you want if you help others get what they want. If you want to be happy and joyful, use your influence to help others succeed. Take time to give good advice. Introduce others to helpful people you know. Make a phone call and put in a good word whenever possible. When you help others to win, you are sowing a seed for yourself to rise higher. So this is the theme of uh, his book on Every Day, a Friday, and it is about helping others. Uh, to go on with this uh, first uh, this page of uh, chapter 22. When you help others to win, you're sowing the seed for yourself to rise higher. Cheryl, who works at a big corporation, told me her supervisors refused to train her on a new computer program. The company had sent this supervisor to a class so she could learn how to run the program. But when she came back, she wouldn't share any of the information. She was afraid if she helped others, they might get promoted over her. So she kept all the knowledge and training to herself. But truth is, when you hold others back, you are really holding yourself back. If you will live unselfishly and help others reach their level, God will make sure somebody is there to lift you higher too. Alec, a professional mountain climber on his way to the top peak, top of a peak, when he hit a snowstorm. 
It was cold and hard to breathe. Even some of the most experienced mountain climbers couldn't make it. A little further up the mountain, the storm turned into a blizzard. They were still six hours from the top. Climbing was extremely difficult. Each step was a struggle. Then Alex saw another climber lying on the trail, curled up and asleep and uh, just uh, and passed out. He was in danger of freezing to death. He had a faint heartbeat and was barely strong enough to breathe. So several other climbers had passed by Alex's team and told him to keep going. Quote, if you stop and try to help him, you could lose your own life, they said. Alec could not leave him there to die. He told the team to go ahead. Alec knelt beside the fallen climber. He managed to massage the man's arms and legs and face to get the blood flowing and to keep him awake. His efforts revived the stricken man enough that Alec was able to get him onto his feet and walk him down the mountain, saving his life. The doctor who examined them both told Alec, that he'd done more than to save a life. He'd actually saved two. The doctor said your arms and legs show signs of early frostbite. You wouldn't have made it much higher before you'd have been in serious trouble yourself. Your efforts to save the falling climber probably benefited you as much as him because it increased your circulation and forced you head down, to head down the mountain. So it's easy to get caught up in your climb to the top that you don't want to stop and help someone else. But when you take time to help others in their struggles, you set yourself up for even greater victories. And so that's uh, Joel Osteen every day of Friday. So let's uh, talk about coffee huh? before we get into my favorite topic about the statins. Do uh, any of my... Uh, listeners drink coffee and do they think it's good or bad for them well here's a few uh nutritional advices about coffee because it's good for your brain good for your heart and good for your liver so recently the national coffee association reported that just over 50 percent of u.s u.s adults drink coffee every single day worldwide coffee is the second most consumed beverage next to water and it's a leading contributor of caffeine to the average person's diet. In recent years, we've seen the number of studies researching coffee nutrition facts skyrocket, and a lot of the results are telling us that this favorite indulgence might have some serious health benefits. According to Miriam Nelson, a professor in the School of Nutrition and Science at, at Tufts University, quote, we looked at all the science. We have found no negative adverse effects on health when you drink up to three to five cups a day. Quote, in fact, there is a decreased risk of cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, Parkinson's disease, and a couple of cancers, including breast and prostate. Who would have thunk? Coffee. Everybody's uh, been down on it and trying to you, you get us to use the decaffeinated variety. Well, there are lots of emerging coffee nutrition facts. You might be surprised to know that coffee beans are a high antioxidant food, and coffee is one of the leading contributors of disease-fighting antioxidants in the American diet because it can help reduce inflammation, which is the root cause of most diseases. And we've talked about that time and time again, the chronic inflammation being a uh, cause of diseases. 
So coffee is now being linked with the following benefits. Protection against neurodegenerative diseases. Well, there's a, that, that could be a, that's a wide range of diseases that include multiple sclerosis. Improved heart health. It's been associated with cancer protection, diabetes protection, ability to fight depression, increased energy and concentration, better physical performance, improved asthma control, and a lower risk of select gastrointestinal diseases. Well, that being said, there's still a lot of disagreement out there about whether or not coffee is more beneficial than harmful, but it seems to be a double-edged sword. While it can make you feel more alert, productive, and motivated for some people, it has the opposite effect, leaving them feeling anxious, jittery, and unable to focus. The bulk of the research, though, comes down on regular coffee consumption. Um, So let's just talk a little bit about the coffee types. The two most commonly grown types of coffee are Arabica and Robusta. And while not a big contributor of vitamins and minerals to your diet, with the exception of being a riboflavin food, Coffee is a much better choice than energy drinks, soda, and sweetened teas or juices. It contains no sugar, no carbs, and no virtually no calories. So what's in a cup of coffee, ladies and gentlemen? Two to five calories. You know, and anything under five calories, the, according to the FDA, you can, uh, the manufacturers can say zero calories. So two to five calories, zero fat, zero carbs, zero protein, two-tenths of a milligram of vitamin B2, that's 11% of the daily allowance. Six-tenths of a milligram of pantothenic acid, 116 milligrams of potassium, and a tenth of a milligram of manganese. How much coffee? How much caffeine is in coffee? Anybody know that? The level varies a lot depending on the exact cup. The type of bean used, the manufacturer, the method for making the coffee all impact caffeine levels. For example, a standard cup of Starbucks is known to be a lot higher in caffeine than the average medium roast coffee you make at home. According to the USDA, an average 8-ounce cup of brewed coffee from ground beans contains 95 milligrams of caffeine. But the same size cup from Starbucks, which would be quote-unquote a tall, has just about doubled this, or 180 milligrams, so 95 milligrams from ground, average ground beans, but 180 milligrams from Starbucks. In contrast, an average espresso contains about 64 milligrams and a cup of green tea about 44 milligrams of caffeine. So that means drinking a tall, regular coffee from Starbucks provides more than four times the amount of caffeine as a green tea made by using one tea bag. So, in summary, caffeine can protect against neurodegenerative diseases, improve your heart health, protect against some cancers, increase your energy and concentration. It can help you fight depression. It protects against diabetes. It can improve physical performance. It improves asthma control and lowers your risk of gastrointestinal diseases. You know, uh, coffee's been enjoyed, ladies and gentlemen, for over 500 years and uh, dates back to the 15th century. It's cultivated in over 70 countries worldwide. Incredible uh, drink. Uh, 
we'll, we'll go if you have questions about that. There are the, the six benefits of coffee that I'll just uh, end with. Are it's high in antioxidants, uh, and you know antioxidants fight uh, free radicals, and that's why you drink red wine. It can improve your heart health and prevent cardiovascular disease. Unfiltered coffee is a significant source of capistol and antioxidant uh, compounds that have been implicated in cholesterol balancing effects of coffee. And in addition, believe it or not, coffee intake is associated with lower risk of heart failure and stroke. And surprisingly, this even surprised me when I looked it up, coffee is even associated with neutral to to reduce risk. So may not have a neutral, no effect to a reduced risk for heart rhythm abnormalities. Even though many people feel it raises their heartbeat and makes them feel jittery. So it helps with the brain function and cognitive decline. For example, Parkinson's disease it may have some positive effects on Alzheimer's and development of that amyloid deposit that everybody finds in uh, Alzheimer's patients' brains. It might help prevent uh, or reverse diabetes naturally. As long as you avoid the sugary drinks and drink plenty of water, coffee might be the next best best drink for you. Uh, it increases physical performance, and that's been going back for years and years and years. Many studies show that coffee increases alertness and improves mental and physical performance in the short run and helps burn up calories. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, it protects your liver. There are several studies out there that consistently show that coffee drinkers have a reduced risk of abnormal liver function studies. There's an article in the Archives of Internal Medicine that shows coffee may protect against alcoholic liver disease. For every one cup of coffee a day, up to four, the study showed a 20% reduction in alcoholic liver syndrome. So... You know, enjoy your coffee in the morning. Uh, we were told so many things are bad for us. Uh, please en- enjoy your coffee. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you know, we're brought to you by LipoLite Naples, uh, 15, uh, located at 1575 Pine Ridge Road. Their phone number there is 239-331-5886, 239-331-5886. So... Over the past couple of weeks when we started this 7 p.m. show, we've been talking about statin drugs and proton pump inhibitors. Uh, I was thinking tonight, uh, I wanted to give you the good news on, on coffee. I uh, want to tell you that uh, the Wall Street Journal reported uh, about uh, the FDA queuing up review of the new brand of anti-cholesterol drugs, injectable treatments uh, to, that would have a uh, competition with the uh, statin drugs. It's a long article. Uh, the drug companies uh, have been angling for a competitive advantage with these new drugs uh, for years, uh, and they've paid millions of dollars for vouchers that can move up the decision to approve these drugs. Well, let me just read something that I prepared for you. You are familiar with Spielberg, Hitchcock, Coppola, and Fellini. 
I hope you are. Great, great directors. Well, get ready now for Sanofi and Regeneron. No, it's not a new pair of up-and-coming French directors. I'm talking about the drug makers, Sanofi and Regeneron, because in a blatant attempt to trample the FDA advertising rules, the two companies have just released a new full-length documentary that's meant to terrify you into lowering, lowering your cholesterol at any cost. But behind this so-called educational campaign is a sinister effort to promote a drug that's more dangerous than statins that's been linked to debilitating cases of Alzheimer's disease and that hasn't even been approved yet. So we told you about the risk coming down the pike with the new cholesterol-lowering drugs called PCSK9 blockers and warned you that we'd probably be flooded with round-the-clock commercials for these drugs. The first blocker, Proluent, is set to be approved in a matter of days, but its makers, Sanofi and Regeneron, have found a way to start promoting it even before it hits the shelves. The companies have produced a documentary called Heartfelt that is a clear attempt to line up buyers for this drug, and while it's Illegal to advertise drugs that have not been approved by the FDA, the documentary carefully avoids mentioning Pryuent by name. And that's all it takes to gut the FDA marketing guidelines. No warnings, no ask your doctor, no need to follow any rules. The film features doctors, dietitians, therapists, and patients from every country where Sanofi and Regeneron hope to sell Pryuent. They are are all looking into the camera with worried faces and deliver the same ominous warning. High cholesterol is a killer, and lowering your cholesterol by any means could save your life. Well, these true drug makers want you to think that all experts around the globe now believe that's the case, but you know that just is not true. Actually, researchers from all over the world are watching the PCSK9 blockers because they may drive your cholesterol to unheard of and incredibly dangerous lows. And that's something this movie, this movie Heartfelt, won't tell you about. Or you won't hear it in the soundtrack or sing-along numbers. All sorts of diseases and health problems are linked to forcing your cholesterol down to the double digits. And we're talking about things like depression, heart attacks, strokes, Parkinson's disease, and I forgot to mention heart failure. But along with all the dangers of these ultra-low cholesterol numbers, researchers have uncovered a significant connection between these drugs and some terrible brain diseases like dementia and Alzheimer's. So I wrote more about this, and just leave it at that. Just be really careful. Uh, about lowering your cholesterol. And, um, you know, I had a conversation with a a very steady listener to the show today, and uh, he said that he's been on on prednisone for quite a period of time, and uh, every time he tries to get below a certain level, his body reacts, and he has bad side effects. But he said... uh, and in, in, in something that we really have to think about, prednisone's been around for uh, you know many, 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 many years, and we can deal with the side effects of prednisone. 
He said, sure. He said, I can deal with them better than I can a statin drug. You know, like if I get dementia or Alzheimer's disease or diabetes. And there is a point to be made there. Uh, the long-term effects of these statin drugs, especially if you end up with uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, is uh, incalculable. It's a horrible way to look to the future. Now, for some of our listeners that have a, a math background, you uh, probably could help me out on this uh, because drug companies use two types of statistics. They use relative risk and absolute risk. So here's the best I can, I can come up with. Let's say you have a study of 200 women. Half of them take a drug and half take a placebo, a sugar pill, to examine its effects. Say, let's just pick breast cancer. So after five years, two women in the drug group develop breast cancer compared to four who just took a sugar pill. So either one of these headlines would be correct. The new miracle drug cuts breast cancer risk by 50%, right? There was only two in the uh, drug group versus four in the sugar pill group. So new miracle drug cuts breast cancer risk by 50%. So there were two less breast cancers in the people that in the group that took the drug. Or the other headline could read, new drug results in a 2% drop in cancer risk. So the second headline expresses the absolute risk reduction. 2% of the subjects, 2 out of 100 who took the drug, developed breast cancer, and 4% out of the ones that took the sugar pill, 4 out of 100, developed breast cancer. So that's an absolute difference of 2%. 4% for the group with the sugar pill and 2% in the drug pill, which only means a 2% reduction. So that's what we have to look for when we hear numbers and statistics. We have to ask for the absolute risk reduction, not the relative risk reduction. And with the statin drugs, we have been getting the relative risk reduction so that the actual absolute reduction in heart disease with statin drugs is 1% to 2%. That means that the drug fails over 97% of the time. So if you wonder why I just keep harping on this uh, statin issue is because I really feel strongly about it. I feel strongly that we have just uh, uh, been led down the primrose path. So what else do I want to talk to you about tonight? I could talk to you about how the CDC altered the uh, autism study with the measles, mumps, and German measles. It's now uh, public knowledge that the uh, they, they they fudged the numbers to show that MMR does not cause autism. And we'll, we'll uh, maybe have uh, more of that later. But, you know, uh, there's a grim pitch, picture in the uh, aging baby boomers. Anybody have any idea what it is? Well... More than 28 million baby boomers will have Alzheimer's disease by 2050. They will account for nearly 25% of Medicare spending by 2040, according to this new analysis. Quote, the 
The study is important because it's based on an updated model that charts the trajectory and economic impact of Alzheimer's disease based on the rate of new diagnoses, the number of people who will be living with the disease, and the cost of medical and long-term care between now and 2050, uh, according to Christine Bredfelt, Ph.D., from the Lewin Group, Falls Church, Virginia. Quote, it shows the number of baby boomers with Alzheimer's disease and the cost to care for them will skyrocket between now and 2050. The study was conducted by the Lewin Group for Alzheimer's Association and was presented at the Alzheimer's Association Inter- uh, International Con- Con- Conference in, in 2015. So, you know, here we have a drug, a statin drug, known to increase Alzheimer's, right? Plus all the natural and environmental uh, toxins that we're coming in t- contact with all the time that may... Uh, uh, definitely be influence our brain. Uh, so, boy, isn't that horrible? I mean, to have all of these people with Alzheimer's disease, gosh. Some of it may be preventable. Some of it may be preventable. I'd like to refer you also to the... Um, environmentalworkinggroup.org. I'm trying to find their article. They had a... uh, Let me just give you one second here. Well, I guess I can't find it. Recently, you know, there's over 80 to 84,000 chemicals we come in in contact with every day. And uh, the environmental working group says, well, that's all well and good, and each one uh, can't be studied uh, by itself, but uh, what about it when, when you combine these, these drugs? Well, they're finding more and more of them uh, flip switches because we're, we're, we have cancer cells developing every day in our body. Every day we have them. Uh, but... Now the environmental working group says, you know what? We better look at the combination of of agents we're exposed to. So um, I I refer you to the EWG.org website. Take a look at their uh, approved sunscreens, especially those of us in Florida. Uh, They're... uh, a lot of these sunscreens cause cancer, and you know, and we're supposed to be using them to prevent cancer. Well, hello, something wrong with that picture. And uh, if you've been listening to me, you know that sun does not cause melanoma. In fact, it may prevent us from getting melanoma. And just a brief word: I mean, melanoma occurs on the you know, the majority of them on the back and on the chest, the areas that are covered most of the time. Not on the arms, the ears, the face. So there's something to be learned about uh, melanoma. Um, so where else do I want to go? I could go to recent study reports. Vitamin D may I- improve endothelial function and ischemic heart disease. We talked about cucumbers. You know, the other thing, maybe I just just mentioned it before we close tonight. You know, the the fact that people have elevated cholesterol 
That's a symptom. There's something else going on. And believe it or not, and uh, if anybody proved me wrong, I, uh, I'll treat you to dinner. The cholesterol number that the drug companies had want us to attain was made up. And I can, I can refer you uh, to Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, K-E-N-D-R-I-C-K, who has a book out, Sorting Medical Advice for Medical Nonsense. And how do you determine which advice to follow and what to take with a grain of salt? Well, this book will teach you how to identify research flaws. Uh, Dr. Kendrick has written The Great Cholesterol Con, The Truth About What Really Causes Heart Disease and How to Avoid It, which is another great book. He's a trained family doctor. Uh, he is—he has abandoned most most of what is promoted in conventional medicine. Uh, I can refer you to, to, to listen to him and, and read his books. Uh, just Google him. His name is Malcolm Kendrick, K-E-N-D-R-I-C-K. So where was I going with this? Well, there are certain things called endocrine disruptors. You know, like the fluoride in our water, the chlorine. And what do these endocrine disruptors do? Well, they can cause serious neurological and immune system effects. The disruptions occur because these chemicals mimic hormones in our body, including the female sex hormone estrogen, the male sex hormone androgen, and lastly but not leastly, thyroid hormones. So these these chemicals can block the signals that uh, these hormonal signals in your body, and they can interfere with the way these hormone or the receptors are are made or controlled. So it's a complex uh, uh, network that controls our glands, the endocrine glands, the endocrine system, which includes the pituitary, thyroid, adrenal, thymus, pancreas, ovaries, and testicles. And they release careful amounts of hormones into the bloodstream that act as natural chemical messengers. And they travel to different parts of the body in order to control or adjust many life functions. So these endocrine disruptors are linked to a host of serious diseases. One is an underactive thyroid. What happens when you have an underactive thyroid? You get brain fog. You don't have enough energy. You get moody. You know what? Your cholesterol goes up. How about all this gluten you hear about? All this genetically modified corn that's replacing it. You know what? These compete with the same receptors that your thyroid producing uh, hormones need. So we have all this uh, celiac type disease, this gluten responsiveness we have all these chemicals 84,000 in our that we're exposed to on a regular basis some of our children you, you can see some of our male kids have male male boobies because of drinking from the plastic bottles all the time girls are having their periods early or people are having high cholesterol not because they have they're going to they have heart disease or anything is because you know maybe part of it that has to be looked into is their thyroid gland and when you realize that a lot of the uh, statistics were made up to, to just to sell drugs, we really have to, to uh, be careful. 
So what is my message today? Again, if you question, 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 think about uh, what your doctor has to say to you, question why he wants to put you on a drug. Don't just take it and uh, say, okay, doc, I'll see you whenever. These drugs do affect your liver. They, uh, the statin drugs, especially liver, cataracts, heart failure, dementia, I mean, just to name a few. And I have a relative that's in a nursing home right now. Thank goodness she's improving, but she had a myopathy secondary to statin drugs. She's 83 years old with a, with a cholesterol of 240, and she was put on a statin drug. If no one would have stopped that statin drug, they would have said, well, you know, you have to use the uh, walker for the rest of your life. Nobody wants to believe that statin drugs have, have side effects. The young doctors today, in my opinion, are are incapable of critical thinking. And when you realize that 70-some percent of medical boards are made up of pharmaceutical executives, they start these kids out very early in life, uh, being brainwashed. That's the only way only way I can say it. So, critical thinking, if you're thinking about a book to read, if you want a nice book to lift your mood, Every Day of Friday by, by Joel Olstein. If you are, are uh, mathematically inclined uh, and want to uh, think about uh, statistics, I can recommend uh, Dr. Malcolm Kendrick's book, uh, Sorting Medical Advice for Medical Nonsense. And I want to just thank everyone that's been listening in uh, to Tuesday nights. I know we don't have a large audience. Yeah, we only had 1,500 people last week, but we're growing. We're spreading the word. Uh, we'll get well as soon as we get a few more guests. We a few more listeners. We'll have some interesting guests come on, uh, so they you can learn even more from the natural health practitioners and some 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 really incredible uh, people out there with, with colloidal silver. Uh, one of my favorite uh, guests was Dr. Jerry Smith. Uh, he was on the cutting edge of all natural healing. One of the few people will, that will tell you about the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system controlled by your teeth. You know, your your teeth are an integral part of your, your system, and the, your back part of your teeth that could, uh, come from the same tissue that makes the sympathetic nervous system, the one that fight or flight the front part of your mouth, those teeth are, contr- are developed from the parasympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system to slow you down. So, you know, we'll have guests like that who can explain this in detail. Yeah. Just looking forward to continuing on Tuesday nights. I hope you enjoy what you hear. I don't want to be too down, but um, knowledge is power, and we have to go out and have a great attitude. Uh, and treat every day like it's Friday because everybody has a great time on Friday because they're looking forward to the weekend. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron uh, signing off tonight. Uh, We'll see you on Thursday at 1 o'clock and see you back here next Tuesday. And thank you, Dan. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Nettie. A few people that have left some notes on the website. See you next week. Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron have left the building. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on Live.
www.blogtalkradio.com. See you next week. Ciao.